Hello and welcome to Shlanka 99.9 for Cricket Every Day. My name is Mark Chardo from Merrillian and I'm joined as always by Estelle Vazidem from the Papare. Sri Lanka on 99.94 is your new home for Shlanka content. Dropping into your podcast feed and on YouTube and the 99.94 app several times every week. So do please rate, review and subscribe. And thank you for joining Cricket's Conversation. Estelle, we're recording this podcast. It's Sunday morning for me in London. It's Sunday afternoon for you in Colombo. But me and you are both absolutely buzzing for the third edition of the Lunker Premier League. Um, I think we've got to start by explaining that even though every other previous edition of the Lunker Premier League has been played in December, it's not actually meant to be played in December, is it? No, the official window is in August. So hopefully next year will be the first year where uh, we finally get that uh, tournament going in the correct window. But this time they tried. And of course, because of the economic issues in Sri Lanka, they had to shift the tournament to December. Yeah, it would be quite interesting to watch it in August because I think it would mean like a, a, a different lot of overseas players are actually available to them, right? Um, because... Generally, in in the if you're around the equator, if you're in the middle of the world of the planet, or if you're in the south of the planet, then there's not generally a huge amount of cricket being played at that time. So they might be able to attract better players. uh, Where where at the moment, it's only um, you know playing it in December. I think it's only really in um, in in England and Europe where they're not playing cricket. So I think that's part of the reason why they they think that window might be a better window to, to play the game because it's it's and they're not competing with things like the big bash to get overseas yeah. players over right um but the yeah, premier league the lpl goes to forget from, that oh, go on. sorry we have a lag i think today uh not to forget that in january the um, ilt20 and the south african league will also kick off so i think if you are playing if you're an international player who's playing regularly around the year, it's going to be tough to draw players in in December because that's probably the time they'll want to have a bit of downtime, spend with their families or whatever. So um, it's December is going to be tough if if Sri Lanka can't kind of get out of that time period, particularly for those reasons as well. Yeah, but um, we've got it going. It looks like it's going to carry on. Um... And actually, I, I, you know, I'm a big advocate of the LPL. I think it's quite entertaining. I think it's brilliant that um, Sri Lankan, what is effectively Sri Lankan domestic cricket, with a little bit of international stardust, is being beamed into homes all over the world. Um, and I think it's one of those things that every year if, it will get stronger and stronger. However, uh, my my one issue, my one concern is, is that again we're in a situation where team names have changed. And I'm I'm led to believe that is largely because ownership has changed as well. Even though we were told, I definitely have heard in a press conference that team names were not going to change. Well, they've changed half of the name. Maybe that's the justification: uh, Candy Falcons and uh, Aura Dambulla. So half half is fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Um, I think the thing that's, you know, if, if what they really need for this tournament is consistency, right? 
Paul, if you're a Dambler fan, you've seen your team name change every every tournament. You go from Vikings to Giants and now to Aura. I was trying to figure out online for, I spent a lot of time yesterday, who actually owns them. It's really, I can't find it, find out. If you know who does own them, please leave a comment or, you know, get in touch with me on Twitter and, and tell me I'd love to know. Um, because I think they, you know, to a degree, there needs to be some sort of transparency about about where where this is all coming from, right? I'm sure the ownership groups don't want it to to, to feel as as, uh, as you know they don't want any bad feeling. I just think it's interesting to find out who these people are, where their money's coming in, what 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 their interest in cricket is, um, just from a you know a transparency perspective. Anyway, Estelle, should we talk about um, what you're looking forward to in this tournament and, you know, what excites you about the Lanka Premier League? Yeah, I'm hoping this time we will see a more competitive competition. Jaffna has been kind of dominant throughout the last two seasons. And although I do support them, uh, I think it'd be good for the league itself to see um, a little bit more competitiveness, particularly from sides like the Candy uh, franchise. Of course, they've got Vanindu Hasaranga this year around. He's moved from Jaffna to Candy. So he'll be captaining that team. It looks like a pretty decent lineup. The thing is, just looking at the squads, it's very difficult to kind of um, put down a playing 11 or, you know, kind of look, t- tell you who is the kind of leading side. And I think. That's mainly also because we don't know until players actually land in Sri Lanka, we don't know how many of those overseas players are coming. So that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. Guys like Jimmy Nisham, if they come, it's going to be massive for Sri Lanka because they are players who have played around the world. They're not retired players. They're not past their prime. They're still, you know, representing their countries. So excited to see some of those players coming in. Uh, I think there are a couple of Dutch players as well, a couple of uh, players from Associate Nations. Sikandar Raza is one guy who I'm really excited to see. He's had a tremendous year in international cricket. And it's good to see our franchises also picking up those players who may not come from the bigger nations, but who have been consistently doing well in the international arena. Yeah, let's talk about the Jaffin team for a moment, right? Because... Um, when when I when the um, LPL was launched, I kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to be what was then a Colombo Kings fan, now the Colombo Stars um, team. But actually, the minute the, the tournament got going, that Jaffna team just took. I think not not just mine. I think a lot of people's breath away, kind of thing. That they are brave, they are bold, they are progressive. They give young players chances. If you look at the the Sri Lanka team now. The actual Shunka T20 team it is littered with with stars who've come through um, through from from that side, um, th- and in all of that as well. The other thing you have got to remember is they've changed ownership after the first season. So, you know, we're going into the third season. They've still got the same owners who are incidentally uh, the people who own Leica Telecom, which is a huge um, company in well in the UK and India, and I assume they've got a presence in Sri Lanka as well. Um, so they, you know, even though they changed that ownership, we saw last year in, in the second edition of the tournament is that they still kept with all the principles that, that kept them an excited team to watch. And I kind of look at their squad and I go, right, who's going to be the players who are going to put the hand up this time around? Who's going who's gonna to make the impact? 
this time around, who, you know, um, I, I like to give Tessera Pereira a lot of credit. I don't know if that's right or not, um, but they they seem to have kind of they've f- figured out what works in the first two editions, and I assume they're going to kind of stick about for the third edition, and that's what I think makes them such. You know, they'll stick to those principles in the third edition, and I think that's what makes them an exciting team to watch. And I'm desperate to get a Walala Gay. Uh, uh, Jaffna shirt if I can somewhere um, and wear that with, with pride um, because, yeah I, th- I think it's really interesting I think you know as you say it's interesting the stars that are coming over I saw Colombo sign Ravi Bapara. Um he's always an, an exciting player to watch even though he might be in the twilight of his career um, and uh, yeah th- there's lots of exciting things going on there's lot. There's loads of exciting young players in, in Sri Lankan cricket as well that haven't got anywhere near um, the international side that that this tournament should give a, an opportunity to to break through, right? Yeah, and just on, on the ownership point you were making about how not much really changed in the Jaffna setup uh, despite the ownership changing. And when you compare that to... A uh, team like Dambul, where we did see a few questionable um, picks in last season's um, competition, where you had players from the Cayman Islands uh, suddenly, you know, making it into the playing eleven, batting ahead um, of the likes of you know Najibullah Zadran, who is such a good player. Uh, I was, I was, uh, I covered most of the games in Colombo, and it was so, I don't know, disappointing to see that kind of. Um, I know I'm all for you know giving opportunities to players from you know some of the lesser known nations, but it seemed like something you know Antwoord was going head So it's good to see this time. It seems like they have uh, kind of you know brought things in a little bit. And Jaffna, despite the ownership change, there weren't really that much of uh, you know changes Tisra Pereira had to deal with. And you're right. I think he does deserve a lot of credit. He doesn't represent Sri Lanka anymore. He's retired, of course. But he's managed to kind of, I think, overall uh, maintain that kind of authority over the squad. A lot of the decisions that are made, uh, he's obviously in consultation with the management. Uh, players like Mahish Tikshana have credited um, him for their growth in the game, both uh, in terms of franchise leagues as well as you know international cricket, so he's obviously done a good job. If you look at that squad, it looks it looks a really really good squad. They've got uh, Ramunullah Gurbas, another very very exciting international player. They've got Dunit Velalage, Avishka Fernando, uh, Mahish Tikshan, Abinuru Fernando. So a uh, few I don't know uh, if those players will be ready. Uh, Injury-wise, Dilshan Madhushanka is another. But they look like a really exciting squad. And the way they've been run, I think, is what a lot of people have kind of uh, liked about them. And that's one of the reasons why they've got a lot of support in the local, um, you know, fandom. Uh, Let's take a quick break. When we come back, um, I I think it might be worth uh, mentioning some of those younger players and also players coming back from injury who... uh, might be looking to to put forward their case for selection to the national team. 
I'm Jared Kimber and I host two podcasts on 99.94. Red Inca, which is chats on trends and stories within the game with a weekly Q&A where I can be asked about anything from a time-travelling Don Bradman to which cricket ground serves the best food. And Double Century, I look at the historical stories that make cricket what it is today. You can search for either of them in your favourite podcast platform or on the 99.94 DM app. Uh, so Estelle, we should... I think we've seen the return of Vivishka Fernando and Kissel Pereira in this tournament, right? Uh, two players who were a big part of the national setup uh, before their uh, injuries and have kind of, I suppose both of them basically haven't played much this year. I can't remember when Vivishka last played. Uh, he might, I think, did he go to India? I can't remember if he went on that India tour or not. Um, but there'd be two players who'd be looking to, to put a marker down to get back in the national side, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's going to be a massive tournament for uh, players who are coming back from injury as well as the younger players because uh, ODI World Cup is coming up and these guys, like you said, haven't played a lot of international cricket and Sri Lanka do seem like they are still not decided on who their top order is going to be or their bowling lineup is going to be. So a lot of opportunities. I know it's a different format, but... Um, definitely I think this tournament is a great opportunity for players to kind of put their hands up and kind of for those for those little vacancies Sri Lanka have in their playing 11 that number uh, 6, 7, 8 maybe your number 3, 4 you've got got a few spaces to kind of really if you can do well here get the selectors eye on you then uh, maybe there's an opportunity coming later in the year yeah, and you say later in the year, I mean, there's that tour to, to India that is, um, I think you told me that we reckon it's going to be the last week of December. We don't know what formats they're playing. We don't know how many matches they're playing. Um, I assume it's going to be ODIs, right? Because I assume SLC will want to be playing as many ODI games. But of course, when you go to India, SLC have, have very little power. Um, over formats and and when fixtures will be and how fixtures will be played, so it's up to I suppose it's up to the BCCI what what games get played. But I think that's got to be the short term goal for a lot of these players, right? Um, to try and get into that squad and and get people to have a look at you. There's two players that I th- I really want to mention, which is Nwinda Fen- uh, Fernando, uh, Nwindu Fernando, sorry, because he's been having he's been scoring quite a lot of runs. And just, quite a lot of pressure on him to 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 get into the national setup. And the other one was uh, Lasseth Cruz-Pelay, because I've seen him play a few times and thought he could he could maybe break through. I wonder what you think about, you know, if they have if those two were to have good tournaments, do you think they could make it into the setup? Or? I think Nuanindu definitely has a chance because he, he was brought in as a... a you know, standby player for the ODI series, Sri Lanka just completed as well. So, um, against Afghanistan. So, he definitely is, I think, uh, on the radar. Uh, for me, I want to see how Movin uh, uh, Subasingha goes. This guy is a guy who, like another rare kind of player, Sri Lankans don't really have that, Sri Lanka doesn't really have that many of them. He can really clear the boundaries, good, Strike off the ball, Moin Super Singer. So one of them, one of them is him. Ashan Randika is another, and also Sumindalakshan, who is a leg spinner. Um, 
in the Jaffna setup, but hasn't been able to get, kind of get games, obviously, with Manindu in the team. So now with Manindu uh, moving to Kandy, uh, he'll have a real opportunity. There are a few spinners there, I think, also who will want to uh, kind of, you know, make their mark in this tournament. Sachindu Kolambage is another one. He had a good tournament for Dambula last year. So, few spinners and definitely with with the bet, it's Ashan Radhika and Movin Subasinga who I will be, you know, watching closely. Exciting stuff. Uh, shall we take another quick break? When we come back, uh, let, let's uh, um, kind of wrap this up and uh, see what else that there is to look forward to in this tournament. Hi, I'm Nikesh Raghani, commentator and host of the India on 99.94 podcast. Several times each week, my co-host Sarah Waris and I will be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat. Whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami, Kale Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join our conversation. So, Estelle, I'm, I'm going to ask you if for your predictions of... I don't want to know who you think is going to win it because there's no point in making that prediction at this stage because we don't know what the 11s will look like. We don't know, as you said, we don't know what foreign players will end up actually playing in the tournament. Um, what I want is your prediction for highest run scorer and uh, most uh, and, and highest wicket taker as well. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think runs uh, definitely someone like Kusal Mendes will be in the running because he's in been he's been in superb form right throughout. Uh, so he. If he can get going for goal, goal of course runners up in both the previous editions, uh, he could really make a big difference there. Kusal Mendis, probably my pick for more highest run scorer. Overseas players, I'm going to back Sikandar Raza to continue to have, you know, a fantastic year. He's He could be the all-rounder of this season. I don't know. He's got, he's got the kind of... Uh, skills to make it as this as as a key spin spin bowler as well in these conditions so uh in terms of all-rounders i think sikandar raza might be up there wicket takers is going to be tough obviously vanindu hasaranga is going to be you know in that top uh bracket but i think even it's tough to pick right someone like noor ahmed might be another one who who has a good tournament for uh, goal again. I, I, for my top run scorer, I think I'm going to go with Gerbaz because I think he, he's he's played a yeah. lot of LPL. He's played all the LPL tournaments. He's also nicely warmed up uh, by playing three ODIs and he's done all right in them. Um, and I always think he's a real handful for, for, for bowlers to deal with. And my top wicket taker, I'm going to go with... Um, Deek Shana, uh, I think. I know I've just I've just realized I've picked both players from the same franchise. And I'm gonna say my breakout star. You know who I'm gonna give it to, Esther. It's gonna be Walala Gay, right? I think this is gonna be his tournament <laughs> where off the back of what he's just done against Afghanistan, I think he's gonna come in with a huge amount of confidence. I think um that Jaffna setup is gonna really make him confident. Um and and he's gonna go and, and smash runs and get wickets. The only 
I think the difficult part for him is trying to make himself because he's not going to bat top top uh, at the top of the order, and he's probably not going to be the first, even the first change when it comes to bowling. It's going to be trying to find that place to get into the to to, to put lay his mark in the team. That if it if that makes sense, right? Um, so I think he could be the this. Could you know, be you the, pick the, three the, players the from the same franchise, right? I know, so I know, I, I, I know, and I shouldn't have done that. It, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible that I've done that, but I suppose that's the faith I have. I have in the side, um, and I, I, I said I don't want to uh, predict a winner, but I, I'm sitting here thinking that they're the team to beat. Right? They're the team that have laid the marker down. They're the team that really have grabbed the opportunity. I know uh, there's a lot of Gold Gladiator fans out there as well. Um, but for me, it's it's yeah. Jaffna who are the team that 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 are doing something different and trying to um, do everything this tournament is meant to do: entertain, find ways to win, and also bring youngsters through and give them exposure. Um, and and I think it's interesting that it's. Oh, sorry, go on, Estelle. Yeah, no, you can you can finish your point. I was just thinking about two guys whose names I missed, like. Uh, late additions to the squad, Shevon Daniel and Kevin Kotigoda. Uh, Kotigoda, definitely, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I was very surprised that he wasn't part of the previous two editions because uh, if you haven't seen him before, he's, he's a bowler who has a similar type of action to Paul Adams. So kind of unique action. He's played the T10 tournaments. He's been a part of those little franchise leagues overseas. But Weirdly enough, didn't get an opportunity in the LPL so far. Uh, had a couple of injuries as far as I know as well. So that's another player who I think a lot of people will be eyeing. Maybe even if he doesn't get an opportunity for the national side, I think a lot of franchise teams will be eyeing him as well because he's just just a unique proposition, right? And Siobhan, very young, known to be a hard hitter of the ball, played in the inaugural um, youth PSL Uh Another late addition to the squads, I think, after the he, he was draft absolutely was held in phenomenal so, in that PSL tournament. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, and again, Sri Lanka is on the on the lookout for these guys who can really strike the ball. So, uh, in those two, you've got two kind of unique players as well. Uh, can, can, let's talk about Kevin quickly. I'm glad you brought him up because uh, if you haven't seen the video. You need to go check out the Papres, uh YouTube page because they've got, I think he, you'll know this, Estelle, because I imagine in the office there's a counter on the wall for him. Every time he gets a view uh, of his bowling action, it, it goes up because there's about 10. He, he, he's, he's effectively Sri Lanka's equivalent of Cristiano Ronaldo because um, I think there's about 100 million views on, on that video of him and his bowling action, right? Which to me always looks like he's going to dislocate his hip or something. Some um, part of his body. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think he's been unlucky with injuries, but, and also I think there was a feeling that he couldn't consistently bowl even a four over spell, right? That you'd get one or two good overs from him. Pardon me. And that'd be him done. But I, I assume he's gone away and worked at it. And now it's his time to, to, to grab the, the opportunity. Um, and, and Siobhan Daniels as well is, a, is an, is another interesting youth player. Uh, or young player, I should say, um, who I think even last season, or well, I th- not last season, this season is he's on he's on a trial at the Rajasthan Royals, is he? At the, they're both on a trial at the Rajasthan Royals. 
um, at, at the moment. So, you know, I suspect they'll end up being possibly, you know, in, in a worst case, I think that probably means that they'll end up getting some sort of Nets contract um, in the uh, in the IPL when that starts, which I imagine is quite lucrative. I have absolutely no idea how much net bowlers earn, but, um, or, or in this case, net batters as well. Um, but the fact that they're, they're, they're able to, to get these opportunities, I think bodes quite well for shrunken cricket. Um, and also, you know, it shows that we do have strength there and that if we can nurture it and if we can get these, um, if we can get some of our younger players involved in, in leagues around the world, if you look at like, uh, uh, Patharana, and his trajectory to, to playing in the IPL, it was totally unorthodox compared to almost every other player ever in Sri Lanka, involved in Sri Lanka cricket. But if we can find these pathways, then actually playing for Sri Lanka or, or coming up through the traditional routes um, isn't isn't the only way. And that I think that that bodes incredibly well for the strength of Sri Lankan cricket in years to come. Yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right because there's never been, there's never been a doubt about talent, right? There's never been a doubt about the abundance of talent in Sri Lanka. Talent is there. It's the opportunities that are lacking. Um, And just to go back to the Jaffna franchise as well, I think a lot of people, including myself, wanted to back them because of the opportunities they were providing to players from the northeast of Sri Lanka, which like areas which we haven't seen in terms of cricket, we haven't seen much of. So through that, I think that that first season, when they had those four to five players and they had players in the playing 11, not just, you know, warming the bench, they had players in the playing 11 from those areas, I think really kind of set the tone and got a lot more uh, people to kind of look at those things. So similarly, people, players like Kottigoda getting an opportunity in the IPL, sorry, in the LPL, it's just showing the world what Sri Lanka has, right? What players are available. Maybe they don't go on to play for Sri Lanka, but for them personally, it's a massive opportunity to get make a career out of this because we all know, you know, domestic domestically players aren't paid that much. It's it's tough to you know be professional, um, but if they are able to kind of showcase their talents and you know show what they can do at this level, and this is what Sri Lanka has been lacking over the last decade, right? Then they will be getting opportunities to play overseas. And this can only benefit Sri Lanka cricket because when they come back and they play their your domestic competitions, you know, everything's kind of a ripple effect, right? So it's I think that's the importance of you know having having a franchise league like this and it's really great to see youngsters like that getting opportunities hopefully they do get into the playing 11s and aren't just you know um on the sidelines yeah absolutely i mean i took i I, you know in the first lpl which started during the pandemic when that was on sky sports in the uk and I just thought this was an absolute seismic moment for shrunken cricket. I just thought if they, it's the exposure it's getting, there was, a, you know, not a huge audience, but there was people watching it in England, which meant there would be people watching it all around the world because it's it's basically been to every household um, that has, you know, that pays for, for premium cricket access in the world, which is a huge number. 
And I thought that the exposure that the players are getting, the the circus around it that it's creating, it's it's replicating what it would be like to play international cricket, right? And I think for young players, that's totally invaluable. Um, just to to be in that environment, really professional setup. I'm not saying that the domestic setups they come from are professional, but there's just more money at, at this point around around it. So I think it's it's really ultra important, and and also. You know, this is something Estelle, that me and you are planning to do more episodes on. There is ways for Sri Lankan players to earn a living, which aren't totally reliant on getting a central contract from a, from SLC or playing. You know, t uh, getting into the national side because there are other opportunities, and we're only going to see more opportunities be created. Right? If you look at that UAE league that's starting up, they're not going to have a huge amount of domestic players that fit into that league. There is opportunities for full shrunken players to get into that side. And it's, again, it's not reliant on selectors. It's not reliant on, you know, uh, on making sure the board like you or even what school you go to. You're just going to be picked on talent for those uh, tournaments alone, right? So that's why the Lanka Premier League is is so important to, to not just cricket on the island, but potentially the it could potentially be a great source for economic revenue if Sri Lanka can really establish a pipeline of of players going off to play in other places as well, right? Yeah, and that just just goes back to the whole, uh, you know, the point we were making just now about the opportunities and how it all comes back, right? It's it's a ripple effect. The effect. the better yeah. your players are, the better your domestic cricket is going to be, and then that's going to in in turn produce better players. Because, like I said, the the talent has never been an issue, right? With Sri Lanka, the problem is many of these players are learning. They're learning the finer parts of the game in international cricket, and that's why they've yeah. kind of fallen behind. But with this these opportunities coming through, then they don't really need to do that. Because I mean, we spoke about Charita Salanka the other day, how he how he looked when he made his debut, and how he's changed. So he is one player who's had to learn while in international cricket. He's he's learning the job while at the highest stage, which isn't easy, right? It's not easy. And when we talk about how bad he looked during his debut, he was facing guys bowling at ninety miles an hour. He was facing Mark Wood. He was facing Chris Jordan. It it's not easy. So with these opportunities. And I hope the LPL continues in the coming years because you never know when it's going to be like completely yeah. shut out. Uh, but with these opportunities, it's only going to benefit players and in turn the uh, domestic structure as well. Uh, let's leave it there, Stel. We'll obviously be back doing a lot more LPL content as we go through the tournament. Thank you for listening to Sri Lanka on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcast and tell all your friends and family about us. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark Machado and Estelle is at Estelle underscore Vazudev1, as in the number one. Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way. <laughs>